Praise and Worship is a community of people in Branson, Missouri, who are gathering, growing, being encouraged, and sharing with others the love and hope of Jesus. Learn more online at branson.church. I mentioned to you I was an usher. So just to, again, what is an usher? Now, I know in different faith traditions, ushers do different things. Some of them are bouncers in some churches. We mentioned, I, we went to my home church last, uh, it's been, well, it's been 10 years ago now, but we went there. It was kind of like we were going off to seminary, and it was right before we had this like one last like tour to see all the sights and sounds, because we kind of had this feeling that once we went to seminary, life was over. You know, that was just kind of how we felt. And in some ways, that was true, but thankfully, the Lord had more to do. And so anyway, we go to, go to my hometown, we go to my home church where I was baptized in this church building, and we go in there, and the bouncer's there, and he's like, what are you doing here? And we were like, yeah, well, we, I don't know, Jesus? We're kind of looking for him. And I, you know, and it was kind of, they didn't say this, but the feeling I got is like, let me check, you know, as if they didn't know if he was there. And so, you know, they sort of reluctantly let us come in, and we went in, and, and then there were the things, you had to do the things. And guys, we've all grown up in different circumstances, different churches. Some of us didn't even go to church. Some of us did. Some of us went as little as possible, kind of like where, where I was at at that time in my life. And, and so when, I, when, when we got there in this kind of place, you could be the usher, and the usher was the person who sat at the back who didn't pay attention, and it was perfect fit for me. Notice the pay, didn't pay attention part. And so I was free to do what I want, but what was so interesting is even despite my efforts to avoid Jesus, you know what he did? He came and he was an usher right next to me. I, I, I mean, how else can you explain that I'm standing here? Because if it was up to me, guys, if it was up to me, I'd, I've always told Debbie I would have been in a ditch dead long time ago. Today, I want us to dig in to these words of Jesus, and I, wish, I want us to hear them with fresh ears and see them. I want us to see his words with fresh eyes with eyes that come at this wide open. Take a look at Mark chapter two, verse two. We're gonna put these on the screen. We're gonna zoom in on some things and we're gonna do a little work today. I want us to work hard because this, I, I'm convinced it's life changing. I'm, I'm evidence. I, I stand before you as a testimony of how changing it can be. Look at, what, look at how it starts because we always have to see the first things first. So many gathered, they, you know, they'd got, we saw last week, they, were, they heard about there was a dude who could do miracles. And I don't know about you guys, if you hear about a miracle worker, you're probably interested, right? We, now, of course, we live in a day and age where we're probably skeptical because we live in a modern time and a modern, and when I say modern, I'm not talking about technology, I'm talking about philosophy. And any of you philosophy majors out here know what modernist thinking is. It's this idea that, well, there's only things that we can only, the only thing that we can know what's true, either we can test it in a test tube or do data analysis, and that's the only thing that can be true. And miracles seem to fall outside of that. But I want you to see what Jesus did first. So many were gathered that there was no room left that he even not even outside the door, and he laleod the logos to them. Now, I'm throwing some Greek words in there, and you're like, yeah, you're just showing off. No, I'm just inviting you to join me in my pain of suffering and learning Greek. But the point here is, is that there is some benefit to this, and it is this laleod, which is kind of this word to just speak openly. It actually, the first definition means to chatter, and I find that very interesting. It's like he was like, let me tell you about this one time, and let me tell you about this other time, and then, and then there was this one time, and he's telling them the truth about God. 
And I can just only imagine, I mean, like my mind, my eyes just get really big. He's laleoing. He's like, it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a sermon where he's moving from point A to point B, and I'm no good at that anyway. So I'm kind of a laleoer guy too. And we just speak openly. We're honest. He's bringing the truth. And the logos is the word. And, 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 and it doesn't just mean word. It means the word, but it also means the full story. The, the, the proclamation and the explanation and the demonstration and the incarnation. It's all of the above. And it, it's the word, it's the story, it's the truth. And, and it was, everybody always focuses on what we're going to do, and that's great. And we, we tell the joke, you know, preach the gospel wherever you go and use words only if necessary. But Jesus always started with the words. He started with the words. He started with the word because he is the word. If you flip back to page one of the Bible, it started with words, and God created the world. How did he do it? He said, right? And everybody knows, what did he say? Let there be, and there was, and it was good. This is how it works. It always starts with the word. John chapter one, in the beginning was the word. Jesus starts with the word. First things first, see the word. Take a look at verse five. Now you gotta watch out, this is MLV, this is where we're not just gonna throw one Greek word in, we're gonna translate all of them. This is Mark's literal version. And I'm, my question to you is what did Jesus see? And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralytic, seeing their faith. Now how does one see faith? Now there's a quick answer, you're probably thinking, saw their actions, right? And I'm like, yeah. But there's more going on here as we're going to see in the next couple passages. If you remember from the reading, he could see in their hearts. This is something unique to God. Only God can see in the heart. And so seeing their faith, I do think he was seeing their actions. Yep, because they're lowering the paralytic through the roof. They went to all this trouble. They dug a hole in the roof. They were, their faith was action. That's great. But he could also see what was in their hearts. And look at what he says. Notice that they didn't do a proper confession. Oh, most merciful God, a poor, miserable sinner. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. They, 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 they lowered the guy into the thing, into the house, and he looks at him and he says, Technon, that's child, your sins, and then this is the part where I'm sharing with you the pain of all my Greek quizzes that we had to take every single day for 10 weeks. It is the present indicative passive. And all the grammarians in the room, all two of them, are so excited to see that. The rest of us, our eyes roll back and go, wow, can we move on yet? And the reason why it's so important to see present indicative passive is because that is, in this, in this context, it means right now it's actually happening. Happening. Your sins are right now actually being forgiven. Can we see? What Jesus saw. Can, what did Jesus see? What, what can we see? Are we seeing what's happening? Now, of course, take a look at verses six and seven. The religious people were there. And Mark struggles with religious people. I think we've established that, but make sure we're all clear with that. And it's an area of my heart that I have to continuously go to the Lord and say, eh, you forgave their sins too, didn't you? But some of the teachers of the law were sitting there, and in Mark's gospel, they're the villains. They're the villains in the story. This is not, a, he's not like, this is their first appearance, and it isn't good. 
and it's their, their villainy is going to increase and increase. And almost to the Moss Eisley level. Do you see what I did there, Anthony? So now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now today, we read from Luke chapter 6 and John chapter 20 and a few other places. It's also one you could look up in Matthew chapter 18. Certainly it is true, only God can forgive sins. So certainly it is true, despite what you may see on the History Channel, Jesus was here claiming to be God. And, 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 and what is also true is that, that he would later give that ability to us. He delegated that authority to us. Have you, has it ever occurred to you that when you are sitting with your loved one, that you could look at them square in the eye and say your sins are forgiven. Now somebody somewhere just got their religious feelings all wrapped up in a tizzy because they're, they're thinking that isn't right. Only pastors can do it or only priests can do it. Or, well, we only have one priest. His name is Jesus. The rest of us are just schmucks, right? That's what we are, made whole and new in Christ. But we are just average Joes and Jills and everybody in between. It's just us. And so the rest of us are just people who have received the kavod, Yahweh, the Holy Spirit, the glory of God in our bodies has it ever occurred to you, you could look at someone and tell them that their sins are forgiven and that they actually are? Has it ever occurred to you? Have you ever seen that before? Some of the teachers of the law were upset about this. There are bound to be religious people who will hear the words come out of my mouth and go, that Mark guy is out to lunch. I'm just reading the Bible, guys. Don't forget what the Bible says. When Jesus rose from the dead, when he rose from the dead, what he wanted to do first First things first was to breathe on the disciples. We joked he must have had fish breath because remember he'd eaten fish with them. He breathed on the disciples and he said, I'll tell you what, if you forgive their sins, they're forgiven. And if you don't, they're not. We could go to Matthew 18 and we could see that he says, whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. That's his way of saying, dude, it's a done deal. It's written in the books, the big books. And, and this, is, this is starts to blow our minds. Because you're like, well, but I can't. <laughs> See what we do? We, we just start to doubt it. We start to be like, or we either doubt it because we feel like we're not worthy, which is a whole other set of problems. We're getting there in a minute. Or we feel like we're not religious. Or our religious sensibilities, we start to be like, that's blasphemy. That's not ready. You can't do that. I mean, guys, the gospel of Mark is relentless. Every time we turn the page, he is going to come at us. Jesus is going to come at us more and more, and he's just going to dismantle all of our religious assumptions, every single one of them, because he's the son of man, which means he is the human that wasn't like the first human, Adam, who was deceived and fell in with the Satan. Instead, he is the son of man, meaning he is the one from Daniel chapter 7 who is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty because he was not deceived. He's God. He's the son of man and the son of God. And he has the ability to forgive sins. And he has an inexplicable move that we would never have predicted nor expected, probably not even wanted, given us that ability to. Take a look at verse 8. Now, who knows the heart? Immediately, Jesus, 
knew in his spirit that what was they were thinking, excuse me, that this is what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, why are you thinking these things? He's saying to you and me, why are you thinking these things? Now it's important to note that this is another shout out that he is God, that Jesus is divine, because in Jeremiah, you can find the links here in your Dig Deepers, shameless plug, which I encourage you to read throughout the week, In Jeremiah, it's very clear that only Yahweh, the Lord of the Old Testament, can read read what's in a man's heart. You know, I find it interesting. We were talking about this on the drive over this morning. I kind of grew up thinking the devil knew what was in my heart. Do you ever think that? Do you ever think, me, me? I feel like he knows because, wow, he knows how much I like pepperoni pizza and he keeps putting it in front of me. And so you start to think that that's, that's what it is. But actually, the devil can't read your heart or your mind. Now, certainly, the sin that's in our body betrays us and does a variety of things to get him involved, but he cannot read your thoughts. Only God can do that. Only God knows the heart, Jeremiah, and the psalmist will teach us. And this is one of the reasons Mark included it, by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that we would know that Jesus is God, that he has the authority to do this and the power to guide us and direct us and to, and to ask us difficult questions. Why are you thinking that? Take a look at verse nine, which is also going to then include verse 17. Our subtitle for the Gospel of Mark is Believing is Seeing, as opposed to our cliche, which is seeing is believing. The whole point is, is all these people are with Jesus, the whole story. If you just sit down and read the Gospel of Mark, you can read the whole thing in about an hour, maybe a little longer if you're like me and slow, but, but maybe even a little less if you go fast. But the point is this. It's a quick read, 16 chapters, pretty straightforward. And you, it's, there's, if you're looking at the whole story at one time, it's very clear. I mean, it gets to the point by the time you're in chapter 8, Jesus keeps saying these things, do you still not see? He's healing blind people, and the, the issue is, is the people who didn't need to be healed of blindness can't see. The issue is no one is getting it. No one is listening. No one is, 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 is seeing is not believing. They wouldn't believe even though they saw. Jesus is confronting the people in that day right there saying, which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. And I want you to know that what happens in our hearts right there is exactly what the problem is. We want to be the paralytic. We want him to do the miracle for us. We believe actually what he's saying, which is, um, it may be easy, it's, of course it's easier to say your sins are forgiven, because you can say that and we don't see anything. You can say it all day long and it doesn't mean nothing. Boy, if you say that boy, if you tell that paralytic to get up and walk, now now we're cooking. That's a miracle. That is the stuff we put up tents for and bring in the marching band for, and that's what we get all excited about. Jesus, of course, said, so that you know the Son of Man has the authority to forgive sins. 
He then told the paralytic to get up and walk. And that's what we latch on to. Our eyes are on the paralytic. Remember what it says? As he walked out, it was in full view of them all. They were all just like locked on to the paralytic walking. Some of them are probably saying, I knew he was born that way or whatever the circumstances of his paralysis were. They knew the story and they watched him walk out and it defied everything that they could think of. They were like, how is this possible? And meanwhile, no one's paying attention (laughs) to the fact that God Almighty was there to set the prisoners free. And today, he's here to set the prisoners free. Because you know what the problem with the paralytic is? It's the same thing as the guy with the skin disease last week. He's still going to die. We don't know. Maybe he had 20 years. Maybe he had 10. Maybe he lived three weeks. We don't know. He died. His body's in the ground, turned to dust long ago but his sins are still forgiven. Guys, your sins are forgiven. They're forgiven not because this guy tells you, although that guy told you and sent other guys like myself to tell you so that you would hear it with your eardrums. But the question is, can he do it? We asked that question earlier. Maybe he could, but I don't know if he would. Verse 17. Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. If you consider yourself righteous, now, we got some good Bible believers right here at Praise and Worship, and they read the Bible, and they're like, they read like things like Romans chapter 8, verse 1, where it says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So like, I know I'm righteous because of Jesus. Yes, of course you do. But, if you, but I'm talking about before that, do you think you're righteous? And of course, I would, that's why I started off telling you how wonderful of a Christian I was as I was an usher, and I avoided every possible thing to do the things, right? Because I wasn't righteous, and yet there was a man standing up front who I didn't particularly have a good relationship with and couldn't really care less about, telling me that God Almighty had forgiven my sins, and just for once, on one Sunday, I happened to listen. And somehow the Holy Spirit caused me to believe it to be true. My prayer is that he is doing that in your heart right now. Whether you believed it 20 years ago, five years ago, 100 years ago, or one minute ago, I don't care. I want you to believe it now because it's true now. Jesus did not come to make the religious people more religious. Although, if that's something you love and you love all of the things, then they're they're wonderful, they're beautiful. Don't hear me on that. Hear that no matter the things or your ability to do them, he's here for you. He's here for me. No matter what. No matter what. So I've got a final question for you to ponder. And it is this. Could Jesus forgive my sins? I hope that you're at least pondering the possibility that he could. Would he? Has he? Is he now actually doing it? So I want you to listen to this guy, but I want you to remember what we read in Luke 10 and in John 20, and I want you to remember what's going on in Matthew 18 where they talked about whatever you do, it's, it's done. I want you to hear the words. 
And I pray that you would believe them. As a called and ordained servant of the word of Jesus the Christ, the Son of Man and the Son of God, I proclaim to you, because of his crucifixion and in because of his resurrection and because of the presence of his Holy Spirit right here, right now, all of your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Can we all say that? Amen. Thank you. Is this a little Baptist flair? It's a good thing. We need to do it more, right? This is what we're going to do.